This is episode 215 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. We have An Fan on the show to talk about Drew Estate cigars and some other industry topics. Please take a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, a box of those new cigars you've been waiting for, a top-of-the-line cutter or lighter, a place to enjoy the finest cigars and spirits with friends, or the only cigars grown right here in the Sunshine State, we've got you covered. Come visit one of our retail locations for the ultimate cigar experience. Visit us online at coronacigar.com. How about that cigar? How about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 215 of How About That Cigar Live. Guys, thank you so much for joining us live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular audio podcast rotation. And as you can see right now, subscribe to all the social media channels. You will find us on YouTube, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram, all the good stuff. Twitter? Twitter, yes. We really don't use it. What but about MySpace? Are we still on MySpace? We're, no, no, we're not on MySpace. We're still on Friendster, though. Friendster? No, I'm not. <laughs> that <was laughs> a long, That's a new one. That's, that's coming a, out next week. That was a long time ago. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you for joining us on episode 215. Uh, as you guys could see leading up to this, we have a super cool giveaway. So stay tuned. Uh, live in the comments, we're going to have a special comment that you guys can leave that is going to gain you an additional 25 entries. Ooh. So, uh, and you can go to the link right now in the comments, I believe uh, you can go to that link and you can enter the contest right now while you're watching the show. And then uh, we will give you uh, the secret special comment that you'll want to leave on Facebook or YouTube. Super that'll give you that additional. Secret. That's right. That'll give you that additional 25 entries. So you guys do not want to miss that. We have a great special guest coming on in just a few minutes, but no, don't do it. So as, as our dear friend cigar coop would say, we would like to thank the New York Yankees for their participation in the 2023 MLB season. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. I know you're, that cut so deep. I, I know, don't even know that cuts. So I know deep. you're a fan. So the Minnesota twins clinched the AL central. Uh, for the first time, well, not a super, uh, w the last time was 2020. Um, and which 2020 was a weird season all around. The so question, the question is the question. Okay. Will they make it past the first round? Well, we have some interesting info about that coming up. So most likely the twins are going to face Houston in the wild card round. Most likely if, if everything plays out the way it's looking like it's going to, we're going to face Houston in, in the wild card round. Now in years past, that would really kind of freak me out a little bit, but Houston is not the team they were last year. Um, so I think. So it, are, are they half the team they used to be? They are half the team they used to be. <laughs> um, but so here's the thing. The twins also have, we have no Yankees. To we play. have nine. And we don't have to beat the Yankees, but the twins have nine players on the injury report right now, including Gallo, Lewis, Buxton, and Correa. And isn't Buxton always on the well, Buxton's gonna he lives on the uh, on the injury report, but um, so we're currently twins are currently at 83 wins, we have six games left to play. 
back in 87 when the twins won the world series their win total for the season was 85 just saying okay you know it's but it's so uh justin go ahead and put that graphic up on screen i saw this today and it blew my mind that twins graphic um so the last time the twins won a playoff game was october 5th 2004 the number one song in the country was goodies by Ciara, 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 whatever. Number one movie was Shark Tale. Shark Tale. <laughs> Royce Lewis, current slugger for the Minnesota Twins, was five years old. Five. And Scottie Pippen announced his retirement from the NBA. Was was that the first time or second time? Uh, Pippen only retired once. Oh, it was Jordan. Jordan retired twice. But so on October 5th, 2004, that was the last time the Twins won a playoff game. Who did they beat in that playoff game? The Yankees. The Yankees. Ooh, and the then, salt. And, the, and that was game one. But it wasn't the series. They didn't beat them in the No, series. that was game one. Yeah. And then the Yankees won three straight to knock us out of the playoffs. And then well, the Yankees got absolutely torched by the Red Sox. Is that that's the year that they went up 3-0? That's the yeah. The Yankees went up 3-0 and the Red Sox came back. Funds I've locked. I lost that year. <laughs> it was a big year for the oh Red Sox, though. Goodness. It was a big year for the Red Sox. Bastards. Um, so the Minnesota Vikings are Suck. are are 0-3. Um, they lost to the Chargers this week. They're 0-3. The Packers are two and one. We have got... they played anybody professional yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they played anybody professional yet. So New Orleans has an outstanding defense. So but here's the thing. So Green Bay beats New Orleans yesterday. But up until uh, 10 minutes and 37 seconds or something like that, uh, left in the game. So fourth quarter, there's 10 minutes and 37 seconds left on the clock. It is New Orleans 17, Green Bay 0. And Green Bay wins 18-17. And we got lucky at the end because their kicker, New it's Orleans scripted. kicker, missed a field goal at the end. Scripted. But, you know, a win is a win. I'm going to take it. It's scripted. Don't, 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 don't do so that. So here goes my dilemma. Some people say you can't be fans of two teams. I am a Vikings fan and a Jets fan. Yeah. So in my perfect world, the Vikings lose another two games. They trade Mr. Cousins to my Jets. <laughs> for a second round pick next next year there there's a lot of talk that cousins is is and then we take our two number two picks for the vikings trade up to get the number one quarterback in the thing i'm i'm hopeful yeah and then the jets go on and win the super bowl yeah. Woo! i don't know number one number one uh, number one draft quarterbacks have not been faring so well you know our luck's gonna change <laughs> Um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how the season plays out. Uh, Green Bay still has a lot of injured players. I mean, every team's got a lot of injured players. It's, it's only week three and there's, there's a lot of people hurt. Um, but you know, that's the way the season goes. Um, guys, I also didn't mention this. Take a minute, share us out with your favorite Facebook cigar groups right now. Let everybody know we're live because we want as many people as possible to have a chance to win this fantastic prize package. But I think it is time to definitely bring on our special guest of the evening. And on How About That Cigar Live, special guests are brought to us by our friends at Drew Estate. 
The Liga Privada 10 Selección de Mercado is handcrafted to highlight the bold characteristics of specially curated Connecticut Criollo Kappa Leaf that's grown exclusively for Drew Estate by one farmer in the famed Connecticut River Valley. The name is Spanish for market selection, inspired by the old practice of selecting wrapper leaves for certain national markets by color. Drew Estate chose only the most beautiful Rosado Connecticut Criollo leaves to grace the Selección de Mercado. The Rosada Capo surrounds a blend of tobaccos from Mexico, Nicaragua, and Pennsylvania to create a cigar that is deeply balanced, bold, and sophisticated. This cigar measures 6x52 and will be available in 10-count boxes to international markets. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. You actually... Very, very good at that. It was close. It was. I, I had a little, you know, little. It was it's pretty smooth. Yeah, I gotta give you credit. Thanks. Would 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 you say I would have beat the Jets or lost to the Jets with that read? So <laughs> let's talk to our guests here. All right, guys, let's uh, put our hands together, if you would, please. Welcome to episode two fifteen of How About That Cigar Live from Drew Estates, Mister Anfan. Welcome to the show, brother. What's going on, guys? How you doing, sir? This is your first time on the show. We are so grateful to have you, brother. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, we know that you're inside this evening, so you're not having a cigar with us, but tell us what you're drinking. Yeah, some Whistle Pig 12. So I stopped by the distillery maybe about a month ago, and we picked the barrel. So when you go to their tap room, then they have a special menu. So on the special menu, I saw something that had a Chicago ingredient. So I'm from Chicago. I love the brewery Revolution Brewing. And so they made a whiskey and a rye, and they finished it in a barrel from that uh, distill or that brewery. So I was like, "Awesome, man!" And that's what I'm drinking today. Very nice. Ooh. What are you drinking, sir? So I am drinking. Uh, Thanks, wants to know this. Yeah, this is a this is a barrel pick from. There's a local uh, chain called Haskell's Wine and Spirits. They do a lot of barrel picks, and this is a Stellum barrel pick that they uh, very cleverly named Black Tea Bubblegum. Uh, it's a rye, and it is 118 proof. And it smells like? Yeah, so Raul says it smells like a wet dog, which it doesn't. I mean, it does a little. Honestly, it does a little bit. But I, And it, I was saying before we went live, I've never tasted a wet dog, but it doesn't taste like a wet dog, I don't think. I mean, I, I'm not going to go try to sample a wet dog just to get you know a comparison. Yeah, but, yeah, it doesn't smell. taste like wet dog. And I am drinking... Minneapolis's finest tap water. <laughs> hey, Minneapolis has fantastic tap water. Definitely. Um, all right. So what do you have fired up, uh, Raul? What are you smoking? I'm smoking the M M81. Same as you. Well, I'm about to smoke it. Oh, yeah. You, what are you gonna how are you gonna do that? I know, right? It up? I know. Yeah, I'm gonna. Some, can we see some booty? I'm gonna get that. Yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see a little something. Oh, I get so, so excited. So, um, let's. Uh, yeah, let's get this going. I'm gonna. I'm gonna bring out on another special guest that we see every week. So Ooh. earlier, pre pre show, pre game, we, we smoke. Go. We smoke the. Uh, yeah the the H99 Papa's Fritas. Papa's Fritas. Yeah, that was. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was our pregame smoke. It's pretty tasty. But uh, so, yeah, right now I'm going to fire up. Can we see him? There he is. There he is. All right. So I'm going to get up 
get this uh, blackened M81 Toro fired up right now on the Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. When lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. There we go. Very nice. Do we want to go... Do we want a little bit of this? A little bit of the 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 booty. Mm-hmm. It's a it's kind of this weird thing we do. All right, let's set him down. All right, so on your first appearance on the show, one of the things we love to do is we love to learn about people, where they came from, what their story is. So, give us a little bit um, of your background. You know where you grew up and um, how you got into business. Yeah, how you got in the cigar business. Yeah, you know, um, I didn't start smoking cigars till only maybe 10 years ago. I, I think this year was like 10 years ago. Yeah. And, you know, I, I was a financial analyst in, in Chicago and I won a trip to Cabo. So um, on that trip, you know, I was like, hey, I want to try a, a Cuban cigar. Right. So I go to the Hotel Humidor, grab like a Monte Cristo. And I'm like, this is kind of cool. And I went to the cigar shop when I got back to Chicago in the dead of winter. And I'm like, Hey man, like I I, I kind of want to have a cigar, and you know they didn't. The guy was just like, "Well, what's your flavor profile?" I was like, I, I, "I don't know what that means. Um, I'm just trying to <laughs> get a cigar." So he gave me a Liga Privada, and and you know I've been smoking that ever since. Um, and you know how I got into the industry was you know I, I met a lot of people, uh, a lot of people through Reddit. So I come from definitely the the new generation of cigar smoker. You know the people watching this show today, right? Um, real cigar geeks, and you, you just develop a passion from the internet, you know, something that you never would have imagined that it would have meant anything to you. And, and now it's like the centerpiece of my life, right? It's like, this is what I work on every single day. And it's just like, I can't believe I got here. But, you know, while I'm here, I'm going to enjoy it as long as I am here. Very nice. So, so did you grow up? Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. Did you grow up in the Chicago area then? Yeah, I, I moved to Miami maybe seven years ago. So that, that's how long I've been at Drew Estate. This is year seven, and it's another, you know, awesome year. Uh, but, yeah, I, I grew up in Chicago, and that's why I'm a Cubs fan, Bears fan, Bulls fan, Hawks fan. Those White Sox, you know, the, you know, people can, you, know you, you guys beat them up, so it's all good. So uh, do we? Do you want to talk at all about the Chicago Bears, or are we good? <laughs> Wow. Yeah, there's a lot, right? He's, he's um, you know, I think we're already at that point of the season where you're like, wait, we could have a number one and yeah. a number two pick because Carolina also sucks. And I'm like, well, I guess every Sunday is just to see how bad it is because, I, I, I mean, my CEO is also from Chicago. And by, you know, the second quarter, like, how is this shit already over? <laughs> it's not <laughs> even, like, competitive, and, and it's just sad. So yeah, I mean it's 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 rough days, man. But you know what? A new day is coming. We still have cap room, and we have two high draft picks, most likely, man. Yeah, I'd say I'd say out of all the, I I just so many people had this 
um, this idea of Justin Fields. And I honestly was the same way. I was like, this kid is going to be special. And it's just, it. I mean, all respect to him, but it just doesn't seem to be panning out. I don't know if it's play calling, if it's coaching, if it's offensive line or what it is, but it just doesn't seem to be panning out. Do you think that if he left the Bears and went somewhere else, you'd have a better chance of having a successful career? Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, probably. But, you know, the measure of a true Bears season, whether it's successful or not, it, it comes down to two fucking games, and that's versus Green Bay. That's and right. That's right. Game, at home, <laughs> and we lose by like, you know, 38 to 20 or something. And most of the points are scored in garbage time. So it was just embarrassing. Just Let's give me one sec here. Hold on. I'm about to throw up my mouth. He puts that hat on. Yes, man. I, I mean, no, look, I was I was ecstatic that Aaron Rodgers left Green Bay. Just as ecstatic as I was when Brett Favre left. And then now it's been, what, 30 years of this? Yeah, I'm, like, I'm tired, man. I was like, Jordan Love, the future is so bright. And yeah, I mean, he's yeah. great, so you, you can't complain about that. And I'm like, the Bears are going to have another bad season. <laughs> Soak it up, brother. Soak it up. <laughs> one of it. these days, one of these days, the Packers are going to have a down you know a downturn you're only two and one right two and now. one it's yeah it's early it's only week three i'm not saying we're going to the super bowl i'm just saying that smile on your face says different <laughs> <laughs> no i don't i don't see the packers going to the super bowl this year but i think they'll i think they'll surprise a few people um one quick thing i'd like to thank everybody that's watching the show right now oh absolutely New people on there. Thanks for show, showing up tonight. Yeah, definitely. And they want to know what's in Matt's class. The internet needs to know. Oh well, we, we, we said already. Wet oh, dog. Okay. Yeah, wet dog. Okay. The Stellum Stellum Rye, the uh, black tea bubble gum. He didn't have headphones. Yeah. Oh, head. that's right. My Your headphones headphone. went out for a second. Yeah, that's I weird. Like, I didn't that's power weird. them up. You know, batteries, those yeah. kind of things. I'm here. I'm good. Yeah. Um. Happy so, uh, one of the things I'm curious about on before you were in the cigar business, um, what were you doing for yourself? So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I was in sales when I got out of college, I, I didn't really have a good head on my, my, my shoulders. So I was just like, let me just get, a, I didn't have a base salary, man. So I worked in sales, I was in insurance sales and that's a, a 1099 job. And then I, I got another sales job and then, and then like 2008 hit. Right. And, and so that was very fortunate because it gave everybody a chance to really think about where you're at, where you want to go. And, you know, you know, I, I just went to grad school. So I went and got my master's in finance. And then I spent the next, you know, four years working in like corporate finance and, and then another three years working in compensation. So like I worked in numbers for a very long time. And that's actually one of the reasons that probably one of the top reasons they hired me, you know, because at the same time I, I got into cigars, you know, I got onto Reddit. I met a bunch of people all the time smoking. Uh, I would show up to, you know, the online smoking room that people would have, you know, back then it'd be like, um, you know, Google chat or something, right. And Google hangout. So you'd hang out yeah. there and, and smoke with people. And, and that's how I learned a lot about cigars. And the more I did it, you know, it helped that my best friend in kindergarten, who I hadn't talked to, like got into cigars just about the same time that I did. And and so, you know, that, that just fueled our, our mutual enthusiasm. We were both new. And now we're like, you know, we've been smoking for 10 years plus, And it's just like, it, it's been a wild ride, man. I mean, I, I, I can't say that I'm not lucky. Every day is, is a great day. Yeah. Where'd you go to college at? 
So I went to Johns Hopkins uh, University in Baltimore, and then I, I never even smoked, you know, anything. And then, um, and then I got my master's at Loyola um, in Chicago. So that's in downtown Chicago. And, and even then, yeah, I mean, then I started smoking cigars, like very periodically, you know, like maybe once a month. And if I, if I met up with like the Reddit people and, and I'd take like a, two trains and somebody'd have to pick me up and I'd be at a cigar lounge. Cause in Chicago, you don't have to drive, like nobody drives, right? Because driving in the traffic is just ridiculous. And you go to like these lounges where, you know, have you ever been to Casa de Monte Cristo in the suburbs of Chicago? They have oh, like, yeah. vintage room, probably one of the nicest lounges in America. And, you know, what was great was I went back to Chicago in July and I met up with the same dudes, you know, and I was like, you are the guys that got me into this shit. And if you were a bunch of assholes, I would never be doing any of this shit. So you guys are a badass and like, you know. Hey, it's great you guys are here, and we're still fucking having a great time. Do you miss the Chicago weather? Uh, yeah, actually, you know the the one thing you can't get in Florida, it's called cold air. It might show up uh, <laughs> one week in February. You know, I put the top oh, down. Man. I'm like, it's 50 out, but all right, cool, man. And people are wearing heavy coats, and I'm like, get this shit out of here, man. So no way. So so on after your college and your, your first sales jobs that you had, whatnot, and then you started with Drew Estate. I mean, just talking to PCA, um, you know, you've got an extensive history working with Drew Estate. So, like, walk us through that that career path with Drew Estate. Like, where did you start at? What did you do, like, you know, before you did what you're in today? And how did you get progressively through each position and, and bring us to, up to speed to where you're doing with Drew Estate today? Yeah, you know, um, like I said, I got into cigars as a financial analyst, and it, it was a it's kind of an expensive hobby in Chicago. There's a lot of tax on it. Oh yeah. And when I when I started diving in, you know, when you're on Reddit, you're always trying to trade cigars. It, it's the same thing as bourbon. You, you you accumulate and you want to give, and that's what the things like cigar community always teaches you, right? Give more than you take. So I'd always try to give more. And then like my wallet just was stretched too thin, right? So I'm like, okay, I need a new job. So I got a new job and like that continued to fund my habit in cigars because like it paid me way more. And, and all I did was I spent all my money on cigars and then cigar travel because, you know, when you're on Reddit, there would be herfs, you know, there'd be a herf in Philadelphia, it could be in California, it could be in Chicago and you just travel around and, and, and I was like, okay, I have a lot of free time. I'm gonna go travel these events. You know, I'd go to like Tatuaje Mega Herf or, you know, just a giant herf of like 40, 50 people. And, you know, I was always lucky to be able to do that and always find super cool people that probably I would smoke with on Google Hangouts. And then we were like, hey, why don't I go over there and, and there's a big cigar event, so let's hang out. And so I did that for a lot of years. And at the same time running, you know, our cigars on Reddit, and I, I kind of treated like a like more seriously than some people because I was like, all right, let's make it about making cigars. Let's find some more discounts for, for for the community. Let's bring in famous cigar people to talk to the community. I mean, it's similar to what you guys are doing, right? It's like, hey, we want to share stories about cigars, share knowledge to our community and our audience. And that's how I treated it when I was doing that. And, and you know. Um, eventually I found another cigar community, you know, cigar federation. And, you know, one year I went down a safari with them, you know, they had some openings. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm, I am all in on this trip, man. And when I went down to the factory the first time in 2015, I mean, you know, it, it's just amazing when you go to the Drew estate factory and see thousands of people banging out cigars in the grand salon. And, you know, even to this day, when I go back down to the factory, I, I go to that room and I'm like, this, this is why we work. 
Yeah. All these people here, they have a job if we're doing our job and, and this is why we need to keep doing a bang out job because it's for all these people that are doing all the hard work here and that have it really rough in Nicaragua. And, and you know, it, it gives you a, a deeper sense of purpose to work knowing that like, hey, the work we do feed families and it's virtuous at the end of the day, you know? That's one of the coolest things. And mine, mine was the same timing. And you and I have talked about this before that um, my first visit to Nicaragua was a cigar safari uh at at uh drew estate headquarters you know at, at la grand fabrica drew estate november of 2015 man and i was just uh, i mean i was already many years down the deep rabbit hole of of being a cigar lover but that just took me over the edge i mean i was absolutely but just that that first time getting to that facility seeing the people working their asses off, um, seeing the, the way that communities building in, in the areas of Esteli and surrounding areas, uh, I was all in like instantly. Uh, and, and then the whole rest of the trip and then times that I've been back to Nicaragua since then, it just strengthens, strengthens that desire I have, we have to spread the cigar story, to spread the, the, the gospel of premium cigars, you know, around the world. And, and it's just, it, it's kind of magical in a way. I think Justin, we're going to have to go soon. I think <laughs> we're going to have to, I'm working on it. I got go some soon. things I got to take care of, but I'm working on it. <laughs> um, so one of the things I want to touch on because um, we've been talking to our, our viewers and our, our loyal social media followers for the last few days, we've been talking to you guys about this giveaway. So oh, there's a giveaway. There's a giveaway. I know. Oh, wait. All right. So so uh again, we're gonna give you guys just a just a, a little preview here. We have this the black and um and forgive me, I'm not gonna take it out of the box, but you guys know what a cigar rest looks like. This is the M81 Maduro cigar rest. Raul will take it out of the box. And we got a blackened M81 torch lighter. And these uh, this one I am taking out of the box because these torch lighters, these torch lighters are ridiculous. I mean, they're so cool um they got the coolest action on them so there's there's the drew estate blackened m81 torch lighter it's got this great trigger on it lifts up that top there's no there's no butane in it right now because you can't ship butane lighters with butane in them plus it's got a punch on the bottom there so very very cool lighter and show off that ashtray there Raul. this yes, is the, this ashtray is so cool Guitar-shaped ashtray because, of course, James Hetfield was instrumental. Get it? Instrument, instrument. What band are they on? <laughs> what Metallica? You <laughs> jackass! Are they playing? You know they that. play jazz music, right? Oh yeah, totally yeah. jazz music. Uh, so, and it, the ashtray is massive. I mean, yeah, if you're if, if you're face. if you're not a neat freak, you could mean, probably not have to the, empty that thing for. Look at the guys with the two biggest heads in the cigar industry. Compare <laughs> that. Was he talking about here? I think I think I think he's talking about you. I said the two. Because <laughs> none of the hats ever fit you. So yeah, the hats don't fit me. That's, he's mean. Everybody's mean tonight. So and then this blackened M81 bottle carrier. This thing is legit. So you open this For thing sure. up. You want to bring you want to bring some bottles of your favorite distilled spirits to a to a party. You know, this is the to a herf. This is the way to do it. It's got a, a strap in here. You can put it over your shoulder. There's spots in here for, you know, 
uh, even if you want to put cigar accessories, bottle openers, you know, whatever you want. But this this is to uh, cart your favorite uh, distilled spirits back and forth to your favorite herfs. Uh, and on, we want to thank you and the team at Drew Estate for uh, for making that giveaway possible, man. Thank you so much. Thank you very much. No problem. I mean, I, I just saw the guitar ashtray on eBay. So people, you know, it, it's great when you have great swag because people sell it on eBay. You know, it's amazing. And it just shows you like, hey, you know, sometimes you see our consumers and they're like, I'm having tough financial times and they start selling their swag and they, they survive. And I'm like, you know, I'm glad we create something of value for people and they're willing to pay for it. Hey, man, I love this stuff. It, it's a fun to like play around with all it and see like, hey, what? And we're always going like, what is the new hot shit that we can do? What do people want that they really don't want to pay for, but we can just give it to them? So let's go make some cool stuff, you know? And that's what we do a lot of. Well, I would really like that hat you have on. I've been eyeing that thing. That's, that's money. <laughs> it's on AliExpress, and it's about, about $3. So I tell everybody, nice. China, three bucks. Easy. <laughs> So this this uh, this M eighty one Maduro uh, really hit the market with like a ton of bricks, man. So so give our viewers kind of a reminder about the the cigar, the origin of the cigar, and uh, tell us how how the market is responding to it. Yeah, Blackens. Uh, I mean, we released this in November with the Freestyle Live. Um, you know, it, it's really exceeded our our wildest forecast. I mean, every year we're we're trying to make cigars. And we plan out, hey, how many cigars do we think we need? And the response has been way higher than we ever thought. And, you know, when you think about it, it it's it's not just putting the, the Metallica name on a cigar or something like that. You know, we, we've learned that, hey, if you want to make a cigar that's going to be successful for many years to come, then, you know, make it so that the tobacco is actually really good in that cigar. It's not just about putting a sticker on and telling people, hey, this is expensive. This is not even an expensive cigar. You know, I mean, it, it's Maduro to the core. And that's something that we really believed in when we made the cigar. And we're like, hey, let's make it Mexican San Andreas. Let's put the Connecticut Broadleaf in there. And let's put all Nicaraguan fillers, including, you know, Pennsylvania River, uh, Green River One Sucker. So, but at the same time, you know, when we were making a cigar, you know, you know we're also working with a partner. So we think about, okay, um, you know, we have partners that need to approve this. So they also need to think about the cigar and how much they like it. And they have their ideas of what's going to be appealing for the consumer. Because we're always thinking about when we make a new cigar, it's like, well, who is this cigar for? It, it's a constant question that people ask when we come up with new ideas about a, a new cigar, new swag, or, or whatever the case is. And so, you know, even to this day, I, I mean, look, we, we've worked our, our, our factory out to the max, you know, just to make sure that we get out of back orders. But there's still some back orders out on, on a single size. So it's been commercially very successful for us. I think people love this cigar and they've been coming back to it with the reorders. We've had really great events with this and a great partnership. You know, if you're at the Barn Smoker, there, there was a lot of sampling of Black and American whiskey and all the various expressions, um, including all their collaborations, which, you know, they're making great juice uh, as well. You know, the, the whiskey, if you haven't tried that one. But so on, on the tobacco side, I mean, I think it's like a really great cigar, with, with but not going to blow your head off um, with a lot of deep flavor and, and also like the, the, the bourbon. So, I mean, it's great partnership. Yeah, it's it's been, I mean, Drew Estate has a history, a long history of just consumer engagement. And just like you said, listen to what the customers ask for. And when you guys sit down and talk as a team at Drew Estate, you say, what are we doing? Who Who's it for? 
what's it all about? Why, you know, you ask, you ask the, the most important question, which is why, you know, why are we doing this? If we're going to put this project out, the, the why has to be really strong, you know? And, uh, I think that's why there's been so many, um, highly sought after releases, you know, over the years. And, uh, the customers, the customers come running and there's no, there's no denying that by any stretch, you know, it's, it's, it's been, it's been a, a, a long road, but man, Drew Estate is the customers, the customers line up yeah. and that's, that's a good thing. There's loyalty there. There's brand loyalty and you don't get that just by there. There's more to it than just swag and cool stuff. And you know, hip hop music at PCA. There's, there's more to it than that. There's, there's a connection with the consumer. You know, that's how you get brand loyalty is connection with the consumer. Great cigars and the swag doesn't hurt. They're second to none. Drew Estate second to none with the swag. Yeah. The swag game is there. There is no, there is no peer, you know, in, in the swag game. I mean, think about this, right? You know, the, the number one criteria when we're evaluating a new cigar, new product, and, and just thinking about it is, does anyone care? Because yeah. if you have a room of cigar enthusiasts, like hardcore, like collectors of cigars, people that have gone to, you know, a thousand herbs all combined and have been smoking forever and been around cigar people all their lives, right? You know when something's exciting to a room of cigar people that you're probably on the right track. And so, you know, that, that and you'd be surprised. You know, some people be like, isn't trying to make money the, the number one object? Or, or the best cigar ever. I mean, I'd say the best cigar is also number two. But like number one is, does anyone care? And if if, if you do that, you know, and, and people always go, good brands touch people emotionally, right? But if, if you really break it down to, well, don't you have to be the consumer to understand the consumer? I mean, like I don't have a degree in marketing, but I, I've been around cigar consumers. I've been some of the you know hardcore cigar consumer. And I still talk, you know, most of the people I know are cigar consumers that, that like really love cigars. Not, you know, the average cigars consumer smokes one cigar a month. Now, when you start talking to the people doing, you know, the 80-20 rule, the 20% of the people buying 80% of the cigars, I mean, we're it. It's us. It's the people watching this show. It's the people in lounges that are like, yeah, this, this event's coming up. I'm going to get two, three boxes or something like that, you know. And, you know, we're fortunate to be a part of the cigar community. And that's why it's like, you know, like it's not hard to find great ideas because we're all from the same community. Like everybody in the Drew Estate Marketing Department, more or less, is a hardcore cigar enthusiast. And because we're cigar enthusiasts, and when we see something that we all like or like a new idea, it, hey man, it's gonna fly because we have a game. You know, and it's kind of like dog pile up. We're gonna throw up an idea. I, I hired a new guy, and I'm like, here's the deal: you're gonna throw up an idea, and everybody on the team is gonna shoot it down. Then you're going to come up with the new, better idea of that and throw it to the salespeople. Then they're going to shoot it down. And then we're going to come up with a third idea. And then by that point, we'll have a really great plan, a really great idea, and a really great way to make it actually happen. Because we talk to each other every day and we shoot each other's ideas down and we don't get upset about it. It's just like, well, this idea won't work because of X, Y, Z, you know, because everybody has a brand idea of a new cigar idea for me. But I'm always like, well... I'll shoot their idea down first. I'm like, well, bring me a, a better idea or like, you know, and sometimes we find an even better idea. So it, it's re it's an iterative process, right? But it's also a, a, all about like, let's throw out crazy ideas. You know, I hired a new guy and he's like, the old place I used to work with had so many like rules. You couldn't do new stuff. And I'm like, you're expected to do new stuff here. 
Yeah. If you get hired here, you're like, you're not doing the same thing that the person before you did. You're expected to be like, where is the new shit? Where is the new ideas? What's cooler? And how do we make this better? Because like doing the same thing is just boring. We're not doing that. That's like yeah. below the bar. Yeah. Well, in any creative enterprise, whether it's music or making movies or writing a book or something like that, you always, you know, if, if you're in a room with a songwriter, then you're going to see crumpled up papers all over the floor. If you're in a room with a guy making a movie, there's going to be snippets of film, you know, all over the cutting room floor. There's, there's a lot of bullshit that you have to wade through before you, and, and not that it's bullshit because it's necessary to the process, but you know, the, the cream rises to the top and, and you get through a lot of those ideas and, you know, like so many, uh, even athletes have said over the years, you know, you got to fail over and over and over again before, before you succeed. And, but, but when it hits, I mean, it's, it's worth all the, all the pain and the blood, sweat and tears and, and just the frustration of, of having so many, you know, non-starter ideas in a row that finally one hits and, you know, it's, it's worth it. It, it really is. And, and, and I know that's what you guys do. Yeah, I mean, it, it even comes down to the roots of Drew Estate, right? Look at it. I mean, we don't come from a family with some great name. We didn't inherit some awesome business. We had to build it ourselves. And I'm like, it's it's the latest generation of people here. I've been there seven years. So I'm like, I'm part of a generation of people that have been there. And I'm like, we are moving to our new spaceship. You know, we're building our new office out. And we're like, we're the ones that built this, like, together. And you know, the fact that we all trust each other, we can go up and throw out crazy ideas and not feel like, okay, this guy's going to think I'm crazy, but it, 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 it's fine. We want to be crazy and we want to challenge the status quo because like doing it the same way everybody else does it is kind of boring. So we want to do something different and we want to like have fun while we do it because that's what like this industry lets you do. And if you can do it, then do it, man. Like, look at this. It's Monday night, 10 o'clock, and we're, we're having some whiskey and having a great time just chilling and, and, and sharing, you know, and I'm like, that is why, like, you can't ever complain when you work in cigars or around cigars, man. You can never complain. Yeah, there might be some, like, sad-ass bastard, but that's okay. Like, they come and go. <laughs> I got a question for you. I know you guys are always into the new. You always want what's what's hot, what's coming up. How do you keep your other cigars, your, your staples, like the um, number nine? Um, the T52, some of those older ones that are kind of your bread and butter. How do you keep people interested in, besides being great cigars, how do you keep them going back to that with the new stuff? How do you juggle yeah. all that? You know, it, it's reinforcing the brand messaging, right? What's the story of it? Why is it special? Uh, do people like remember and know why it's special? Um, and, and also making sure that the cigars are, are great at the end of the day. If you don't have good tobacco or good cigars and, and, and you try to make it, you know, people can buy it once and they don't come back to it. I mean, one of the things is we're like the first sale is the easiest sale. And just because you sold a lot right out the gate doesn't mean it, it, it's a good sign it's going to do well. But it, but really, the reorders are going to really show you what and, and who cares about it to go yeah. back into their wallet. And their consumers are like, hey, I still need this. And that's why when we come out with the cigar, it's like, hey, let's make something, you know, not just good, but great. Something that we would want to smoke again and again and again. And, you know, the, the last Freestyle Live cigar, our H99 Papa's Fritas, I looked at it and I was like, every customer that bought it, bought it again. You know, and I'm like, well, that's a really great sign and confidence from the trade, confidence for our consumers that, like, we are putting out the good cigars. 
You know, you don't go rebuy a cigar if you don't like it, unless you're just a, a you know a masochist. But you know, most people like if they don't like a cigar, they're not coming back to it, and you only get maybe one, two, maybe three chances. And if it's not good enough, you'll end on to the next one because there's a billion cigars out there. So when we put out a cigar, we're like, we want people to talk about it. You know, like we put out the H99 Super Ancho, a six by 60. And, you know, I, I get swarmed by people that are like, yo, I don't smoke this cigar, but this is amazing. I was like, well, well, yeah. I mean, if you really focus on it and say and demand that like, hey, we want this to be really good. We want this to be a different style of cigar and, and people can actually taste it. I'm like, our consumers taste the difference of like a good cigar, not a good cigar and something that's just different that they didn't expect. And it pays, you know, they pay attention to it. And I'm like, that's how we know we have great cigars. And we're trying to serve that consumer and make the best cigars we can every single day. I mean, I talked to our factory manager and the first time I met him, you know, he did me a favor on, on rushing some something. And he was like, you know, as long as we're able to make the best cigars, um, then that's what I care about, you know? And I'm like, if that's the top dude in Nicaragua saying that at our factory, guess what everybody else in, in their hearts think? They want to have that high bar of standard too and say like, our job here is to make the best cigars. Like I, I go to work and I'm like, I work for the best cigar company out there. I don't care how many dollars other cigar companies make. I don't care if you do Cuban cigars. I'm like, this is to me the best cigar company. And how do I make my cigar company a better company by going to work today and bringing more value? And I'm like, it's easy because it's like, we love this place. And when yeah. you love something and, and it shows up in your product, you know, great cigar company. I mean, like your product speaks to who you are. It's the mm -hmm. same thing. You go to the Fuente factory. It's beautiful. You know, and I'm like, you know, the first thing I heard when somebody showed me the picture, I was like, that speaks to who they are. You know, like they care about the people, the environment and making it great. And I'm like, we want great cigars. We want great cigar experiences for our consumers. We want our trade partners to, to have like, you know, profitability while, while they sell our cigars. And we want to be a trusted partner and we want to be a part of people's lives. I mean, how many people add us on Facebook for only one reason, just to see what we're doing and be a part of their lives. So I'm like, well, I want them to be a part of my life too. You know, and that's what being part of the cigar community is about. And we serve our community. And that's really like, when you think about happiness and, and like what a good life is, it's like you serve your community and you're a part of that community and like you do good things. And I'm like, I can never be like, you know, sad about anything. Cause I'm like, life has been great. You know, and working at Drew Estate is, you know, probably, uh, you know, it's definitely a high watermark in my career. No doubt about it. Yeah. Uh, Justin, you had something. No, I was just talking about the culture and how they yeah. built up, you know, an overall culture in the cigars. It's a whole different atmosphere when you see Drew Estate at the trade show or just different things overall. But then um, talking about the blending process and, and bringing all these new cigars into market, like what's your role? Because I know I've talked to you a little bit about that before. And, um, you know, you have your hands a little bit into blending the cigars and out there. What's that process look like for you guys? Um, when you're trying to bring something new to the market and and what's your role in that? Yeah, you know, I'm the brand director at the company. So I've had my fingerprints on almost every new product that's come out in the last seven years. So I, I got promoted to that role maybe, a, well, I've been director for now, maybe about a year and a half. And then before that, I was a senior manager in charge of all the brands. So in a very short period of time, I've gone through to having no marketing experience, right? Like no education in marketing, no experience doing any marketing. And now I've been running the brands for a prolonged period of time, which has been um, a, a great period for our company. Uh, and when we think about new, you know, I talked to Willie the other day about this. We were in Nicaragua and we we're just banging our heads against the wall because we're like, we want to make all these new cigars. And one of the things when we come out with a new cigar, we're like, well, this is how much tobacco we think we're going to need for this. This is the size, the scope of the project. 
And, you know, at, at our factory team was like, here's a list of all our tobaccos available. And they're like, well, you know, like, and we're sitting and we're like, that's not a lot of tobacco, man, like to make new products. Cause like when you have core products that are doing well, like you have to have other tobaccos to use because you're using the, the, the products on your core product, which for a good company, your core lines are what, you know, make your bread every day. It's, it's the people buying Cuba Cuba. It's the people buying Deadwood. You know, it's not the people buying like Year of the Rat. Year of the Rat is like a small production run and it's special, you know, versus like things that we want to sell every single day, um, day in and day out. So, you know, we're, I was sitting there with Willie and I was like, what is the difference between now and like when you started here, dude? And he was like, it's the scale. You know, when you have like people that, and every year you're succeeding and providing a lot of value for your retail partners and your consumers that want more of your cigars. Um, also in the face of a massive labor crisis in Nicaragua, it, it's a challenge, man, on the labor side, on the tobacco side. I mean, this coming year, you know, we have our, our commitments for our production team to find us new tobaccos, that that will be the basis of, of, of you know, our, our new uh, cigar products. So, you know, we're always trying to experiment with some new tobaccos as well, because like, like I said, the existing portfolio, you know, the drag on, on, on our inventory, it's like, hey, man, like we buy a lot of tobacco, but, you know, we're always looking for new tobacco because it's like we have to allocate that to the new projects and have a different profile of cigar. And so, you know, let's say I go down to the factory, you know, I think our next trip is going to be down in November. We've saved a lot of uh, samples for probably 2025. I think the 2024 lineup is already done and it's September. So this is probably the first year in, in, that we've finished this early. Um, so I have a huge sense of relief. You know, I, I told you guys earlier, it's like, you know, we're, we're getting prepped up for PCA already. And, you know, the whole vision of, of my, my team has also been like, you know, hey, we also chair product development. So tomorrow I have a product development team meeting. And it's all about like, hey, what are the next hurdles to getting us to the next step of, of the next generation of new products? You know, and we think about the tobacco. We think about the forecasting and how, how much do we need? Um, the qualities we're looking for and, and what market segments we're looking to attack. You know, there's different things out there. You know, recently people have been putting out $30 cigars. And, and you know, my opinion is like, well, you know, what's the tobacco that backs a $30 cigar? You know, yeah. people are just saying, hey, it's $30 because I want to put a, a shiny sticker on it. Or is it $30 because it, it, it's a rare tobacco that's never been done before? And I'm like, if we do that, that's what I want to do. You know, and, and so we want to work on our cigars. You know, there's a high standard. Um, I work with Willie a lot. And, you know, like I said, we're going to go down there. Right? We have a ton of samples we've been waiting to evaluate and try. Um, there's going to be some number that we're going to say, hey, a lot of these are great. Um, you know, Willie always has the first, like, smoke of all these new samples. And if he doesn't like it, it doesn't fly, right? Once he's good with it, then he passes it down to some of the marketing people. And if we're good with it, after we look at all the tobacco, we're like, all right, it's go. And, you know, we've learned in years past where we didn't have tobacco when we launched products sometimes. And, you know, it's now it's like, hey, how much tobacco do we think we're going to need over the next two or three years? That way it's like, you know, I've, I've talked to a lot of retailers and, you know, this cigar industry is definitely um, revolves around novelty, right? So when you go to any cigar shop, you know, every day you're hey, what's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? What's new? Um, and, and, you know, I always hear retailers that say, you know, the worst thing is when a new cigar comes out, I get all my guys to go from their old cigars to the new cigar. Then the new cigar is out of stock. And, you know, the company can't tell me when it's going to come back. So now you got all these people excited. They spent all their money on a new cigar and it's just not there anymore. And that's a huge mistake that a lot of companies do because it's just like you have to plan for success, right? If you plan for success, 
if you really believe in your products, then you're going to make as many of them as you can because it's like, hey, we want to run out the gate strong. Um, we want our trade partners to, to have a great product that they can sell again and again. And we want our consumers to be able to find the cigar easily. When you make it easy for people to find stuff, guess what? They'll probably buy it again. If you make hurdles for people to buy stuff, you know, it, it can be an uphill battle, you know, unless you have like the, the hottest cigar ever made. I, I don't know. You know. Yeah. You uh you brought up Willie, and that's Willie Herrera. Um Willie Herrera. Herrera, excuse yeah. me. Um, just for the viewers that don't know who that is, what's coming out with him? Is he does he have a new cigar coming out? Excuse me for stuttering here. Um, does he have a new cigar coming out? He's one of my favorite blenders in the game. Yeah, you you know, he 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 has always new cigars coming out. He's blending all of the cigars. So yeah, every year he has new cigars coming out. Like I said, we've been working on a 2024 lineup, and, and it's it's awesome because it's like we 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 have all these ideas. And you put them on paper and, and, and you're like, okay, let's try to make a cigar out of it. And then you got to order the packaging and then the packaging gets there. And then box one shows up in our warehouse and it shows up in our office. And we're like, wow, man, we, we, we really took this to the finish line. And, you know, Willie has his footprint on every single project out there. You know, so when you, you think about our portfolio and the breadth of our portfolio from Liga Provada H99 or Selection de Mercado down to, you know, our, our factory smokes. Willie has his fingerprints through all of that. You know, I remember the day we smoked factory smokes. He's like, hey, uh, check out this Maduro. It's uh, Mexican San Andreas. So like, let me try that, man. And I'm like, for what it is, it, it's pretty damn good. I mean, like, it's not my cigar, but, like, I think somebody that smokes this style cigar at $2 or, or less than $2, you know, I can easily say this is the best, like, you know, $2 cigar on the planet. But that's what we try to do every day. We try to make good cigars. And working with him has been awesome because it's, his palate is great. And, you know, you know, I go down there in Nicaragua sometimes. It's like, hey, we got to smoke like 15 cigars today. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's too bad. <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the things I'm curious about, um, and I I've, just based on the conversations I've had with you in the past on and other people at Drew Estate, the is about company culture. And you touched on it a little bit already, but, you know, I, I've been, you know, at some different corporate environments um, in one now that's very different than what I've been in the past. One for a, a few years ago that I was there for many years and, and basically trained uh, salespeople and the corporate culture, you know, there's sometimes you'll see a corporate culture that's, that's kind of stagnant and, and uh, really not healthy because you, you see a lot of people and it kind of usually goes from the top down. You see people that go in with this attitude when a situation comes up, they're like, Oh, that's not my role. Or that's not, that's somebody else's it's not my job. That's not my job. That's somebody else's job. And, and especially doing when I was doing sales training, it's like that, that can never be, that should never be your answer kind of thing. And I, I learned that the hard way at a, you know, uh, in a, in a work situation once where I, I basically said that. And then later on, I realized, oh man, what a, what a horrible answer that was. And, you know, I, I learned through, you know, m my own mistake. And I know that like you're saying, you've got product development meetings and meetings with other groups at Drew Estate it, it seems like from all the people I've talked to, and I've talked to salespeople, I've talked to brand managers, I've talked to, to you as the director of brand management and 
and you know people who work in the factory and and all kinds of different roles at Drew Estate. The company culture at Drew Estate really seems to be um, almost almost like what can I do, uh, and that's such a healthy kind of environment for people to work in. Um, that it feels to me like that's going to give an edge when it comes to crunch time, you know, when, when it's like, okay, we got three months left to get this product in the hands of our retailers. Um, talk to us about that crunch time and how important it is to have that corporate culture where everybody's just like all hands on deck, whatever I can do, I'm going to do it. Yeah. You know, um, some people have accused Drew State of being corporate and, you know, to some degree it might be, you might, you need PowerPoint slides to persuade people sometimes. Um, you know, I, I think when you work in a company that has a high degree of transparency, you know, when I worked at the company, the salespeople wouldn't learn about the new products till almost the, the time they're on the trade show floor, you know, and, and that's just not right. So, you know, we, we opened up the kimono all across the, the company. You know, if I go talk to, you know, our salespeople, I can ask them about the business and they'll tell me what's going on. Um, you know, people want to talk to me about tobacco and new products. I'll, I'll talk to them all day about it. Um, and that's part of being functional. The, the transparency to understand your counterparties throughout the organization and what problems they're trying to solve. Because, you know, I, I mean, I, I talk about being in between the lines and I'm like the in between the lines of outlook between the hours, right, of the meetings that's the time when you walk around the office and, and, and you're busy as a bumblebee. Hey, what's going on over here? You know, you're, you're talking personal stuff and, and catching up with people on a personal basis because you respect them, you care about them. But also it's like, hey, what, what's going on with this thing and that thing? Or, or what are you working on? Or what's a pain in your ass? And, and, you know, everybody has the look to work on integrated solutions. You know, a, a lot of where companies fail is, is people don't communicate or they don't understand how to solve a problem collectively. You know, we're constantly trying to solve problems collectively. You know, I think a couple of Fridays ago, I spent three hours talking to our salespeople and really delving into, hey, what do you see? Tell me about this thing or this new thing that we did. How's it impacting your business? Or is there a better way we should be doing this? And the ability, like I said, hey, look, if you can throw your ideas up for criticism and, and, and get them shot up with a bunch of bullet holes and make a new plan, at some point, you're going to come up with a pretty bulletproof plan because you've thought out all the ways things can go wrong because you listened to all the people that have seen the problems before. <laughs> it's not rocket science, but I mean, it's about just being open communicators and caring about the people around you and saying like, hey, I have responsibility to make this company better and I can help you out with this. Then like, let's let's go do this. I mean, it's it's like, hey, we go to barn smokers and we're still picking up garbage and, and moving all that stuff around. It's not like Oh, that's that guy's problem. No, it's everybody's problem to be, you know, I was packing backpacks in the in the the registration line. And I'm like, well, I don't have to do that if I don't want to, but I'm going to do it because like why why should these guys break their back if I'm not willing to do the same thing for them? You know, and I'm like, we're all part of the same team. And and yeah. that's who we gotta win and look good every single day, you know. So we care about each other and, and we wanna we're we're very also achievement oriented and we wanna win. I mean, at the yeah. end of the day, I'm always like if we can win, then, then like, Hey, I don't care, man. I'm, I'm on, I'm on for it. Yeah. So we've talked about cigar safari. Um, you know, that's, that's where I first, you know, fell in love with, uh, and went completely all in with, with premium cigars. And, you know, there, there was such a long period of time where so many, uh, people, so many consumers 
kind of had the same experience I did where that's where they fell in love with premium cigars and got to see it firsthand and see the people and, you know, see the fields and see the factories and, you know, see the way the leaf is processed and the way the leaf is cared for and, and the cigars are lovingly rolled. Um, uh, and, and obviously COVID threw a loop into the whole world and cigar safari was a unfortunate casualty of that. Is, is there a possibility that we're going to see the cigar safari program reboot someday? Yeah, you know, I go back to the factory and we still have our facilities there. We still have the pool. We still have our art studio and, and all those things are still there. Um, you want to look at the coming year, you know, you know, maybe we may be opening that back up on a very limited basis. It might just be media. It might just be, you know, a group of retailers. I don't know. You know, we're working on that plan, um, you know, and but, you know, I'd also say, like, when you think about barn smoker, how many more people can you get together on a barn smoker? I mean, I recognize because I've been a direct beneficiary of being on safari i mean think about me right me I, I went on my first trip on 2015 i was like i love that so much and by 2016 i went back again by 2017 i, I work at the company and i'm just like I, i'm lucky i hopped the fence and and i can still go down to the factory but yeah we're working on that plan you know but but certainly one of the things that we put our focus on is barn smoker yeah you know, if, you, if you've been to barn smoker recently every year we're expanding that barn smoker so there's an audience of people that go to the barn smoker and I'd say about 50% of people, you know, are new people that have never been to a barn smoker in their life. And 50% of people can't live without it, you know, or, or, or you know, so it, it's trying to expand our reach with people and like, how do we impact them and, and give them the best cigar experiences? And certainly Safari, you know, is, is, I mean, it doesn't matter how many times you've been, you want to go back there, but we want to make barn smoker that same type of platform where people can go back, back there year in, year out. Because, you know, the number one reason we've done the surveying with our consumers uh, and we're like, well, what, what do people really care about when they go to Barnesport? Cigars is number two. Can yeah. you guess what reason number one is? Community. Yeah. Meeting people is number yeah. one. And yeah. so if we can give a platform for people and, and invest our resources to be like, let's get 800, 1,000 people onto a tobacco farm and teach them, like, what is going on this farm? And they can smoke that same cigar from that farm. The the level of personal ownership that people feel for the brand going like, this is my brand. Like when you go to Connecticut, people don't like they go there and they're like, they're the hardest core because they're like, this, this is in my backyard. This is Liga Provada, the best cigars. And this is born right here. And I'm like, that's right. It is born there. And so I think about like you go down to Florida, right? And, and, and Jeff Borshowitz's Florida Sun Grown Farm. You can go in the field and plant the tobacco. So when you smoke that cigar a couple of years later, you're like, I planted the tobacco in the field. <laughs> I mean, there's nothing like that, right? So we're always trying to bring those experiences to people, let people like, you know, the number one activation that people love is like rolling cigars, man. Like, yeah. I mean, like, have you ever done that down in Miami, you know, at, at El Titan de Bronze? It's a special thing. If you go down to any factory, they let you roll cigars. It's like everybody wants to do it and no one's good at it. I mean, I can roll great, seven by 80 or something that's not very tight but it'll burn i can taste it you know i mean maybe i get down to like a, a six by 50 but not even close but you know do you plan on expanding the barn smoker like midwest up minnesota maybe <laughs> minnesota <laughs> barn smoker yeah absolutely this coming year we're going to expand the geographies and, and expand our reach uh you know because we we recognize there are geographies that like ha we haven't made it to and it's a shame because like people we love to be around people and people love us and 
we're going to spend that time. We've got a bigger team now, and we've had time for them to, to make up the plans of, hey, what's the exciting events that it can be like a, a couple-hour drive or very short flight versus like not everybody can go down to Pennsylvania and Connecticut. I mean, for some people, that's crossing the whole country or there's no direct flight. So we're expanding our event platforms. We're going to have new event experiences, and I think it's going to be something where it's like, well, look, I mean, people know what we're known for, which is like excitement making stuff where it's fun, making a community where you can hang out with other people just like you. Uh, and that's what we're going to achieve in, in 2024. And I'm excited about it. Um, you know, we, we'll, we'll reveal it at the time that it's right. And people are like, what? And we're like, yeah, that's what we've been planning. I mean, like, like I said, we've already planned out all of our cigars for next year. Samples are done, packaging concepts are done. And, and I'm like, all right, now it gives us time to build up our events build up our digital uh, and everything else that makes it fun and, and while we go on and make great cigars, you know? And, and one thing too, um, from our viewer, you mentioned Jeff, Jeff Borchowicz and the FSG, FSG farm. How's this farm doing since the hellstorm? And then also another comment, uh, are there any new FSG blends in the works with Drew Estate and, and the FSG farm? Yeah. I mean, certainly with the farm, I, I mean, every year is subject to whatever the weather can get you. Right. And, and what you try to do every year is grow more tobacco than you need because of, of, of this like instability and inconsistency in weather and tobacco due to it. Luckily on Jeff's farm, you know, he grows tobacco twice a year. Um, and, and so with, from that perspective, like, you know, I, I mean, tobacco has just gotten more expensive across the board all over the place. Um, but yeah, we're going to be visiting, uh, his farm probably next week. And we have a couple team members going out there just to scout out the farm. Um, we have our barn smoker floor barn smoker coming November 11th. Um, so veterans day, we'll be doing a huge fundraiser for cigars warriors. We're having some great stuff for barn smoker. Um, and, and with regards to, you know, Florida sun grown, I mean, it's been an, a, a, an amazing tobacco to work with. I remember my first time at the factory was in 2015. And I remember I sat down next to Willie Herrera as a consumer, like, Oh, oh, wow, this is the master blender dude. That's amazing, right? And he was telling me about this tobacco, and he's like, I don't know what to do with it. It's a new tobacco. And, and you know, and then as the years have gone by, the tobacco has gotten better and better and better. It's Corojo, and it's, it's the first tobacco grown in Florida since the 1970s. And it's got a very sweet uh, note to it, even if you smoke it unfermented. So if you're on the farm and you actually smoke like a fresh farm roll, it has a high degree of, of, of sweetness to it. Um, and yeah, we've worked on other blends and samples and, and things of that like. It's just a matter of, you know, when, when can we find the capacity to do it? Um, yeah. How many things can we focus on at a, at a singular point? You know, every year we're, we're putting out a, a huge cigar release. And when you think about the scale of when you put out a new cigar release for Drew Estate, you know, I always tell our sales guy, it's like bolting on another factory. So, you know, you, you, you know, it used to be the sales guy would be like, hey, why don't we have four or five releases for everybody this year? I was like, because we don't, we can't make that many cigars. You know, like when you have something and you can convince a lot of people that, hey, uh, people trust us in our new cigars. So like, and, you know, Drew Estate hasn't let me down. They make great cigars. And, hey, there's going to be great swag and great events. And that's why people come to our events and and follow us. I mean, you go to you ask any retailer, hey, um, is your Drew Estate event different than any other company's events? And the answer is is 100%. Yeah, it's going to be different. It's a different crowd of people, a different energy, because that that's that's our brand, that's our people, that's our tribe. You know, and we built that tribe. You know, you think about JD, he spent 20, 30 years on the road. Um, you know, constantly just engaging with people and building the tribe that people want to belong to. And I'm like, I, I'm fortunate that like I was a huge fan of cigars and Drew Estate, and, and now I work for the company. 
you know, and I'm like, I'm, I'm super fortunate because of that. The experience of being a consumer, you know, helps me understand well what the consumers want, right? Like, is there something different? And with 20 Acre Farm, that's just another different tobacco that not a lot of people have access to. But we're like, through partnership, we want to put out a cigar that tastes different. It is not like just every other, you know, Connecticut shade cigar out there. Yeah. Well, and like you said, you've got to, there's got to be enough tobacco to go around and not just the FSG tobacco. If it's a pretty much any blend you guys work on, you, you know, that, that, that old, uh, phrase, you, you can't rob Peter to pay Paul. You know, if there's, if, if there's this new blend that, you know, Willie makes, you know, a couple hundred of them and, and, you know, you guys try them out and it's like, Oh, this is the one, this is the one. But then you realize, okay, the tobacco, there's a key tobacco that we use in the filler that we just cannot get enough of this tobacco because if we do, then it's going to take away from making underground shade, or it's going to take away from making 20 acre farm, or it's going to take away from making Liga nine or something like that, you know, because like you said earlier, those those core blends that's what that's what got you on on the billboard charts and you don't want to fuck around with that you know you, you you because otherwise you're gonna you're gonna risk your your loyalty there so you it, it's a it's a difficult balance i know for you guys yeah i mean not only that i mean it's a massive chessboard right it, it's like consumer consumption changes uh the tobacco industry and our competition changes you know everyone's trying to put out new cigars all the time um, so when I look at projects of today, I'm like, if we plant tobacco in January, we're not getting that tobacco till 2026. And that's the reality. You know, it, it's the amount of fermentation time it needs. You don't rush any of that. You, you do the right things. You know, there's a saying business. If you do the right things, money comes. Right. And we're like, well, if we get this tobacco and we grow it and it's, it's genuinely different tobacco, not just some other Habano and, and we're just going to call it some name. It, it is actually like some hybrided thing or, or tobacco that hasn't been used. And we're constantly looking for, you know, something that has a different taste for bridal uh, and, and just something that it's like, we can be proud of at the end of the day, because we, like I said, you know, the, the cigars that you put out speak to who you are. And if we're demanding, you know, high quality, and a genuine difference in a brand and, and in the tobacco that, that backs it up, then that's what it takes. And I'm like, right now, you know, we have some tobaccos where we're like, we have enough tobacco, this experimental tobacco we haven't used to last those several years. We have other tobaccos where we're like, okay, this has now gotten in the curing barns and now we'll need some degree of fermentation that you constantly check on after a certain period of time, to see how it burns, see if the taste improves or changes or how it changes. Um, and, and then we have projects that like haven't even begun yet where we're like, all right, we need to find some seeds. So there's a lot of stages of, of where we're at with various parts of our product development down to the tobacco side or, or, or on the processing side, right? It's like, hey, we did uh, barrel fermenting tobacco and, and that's been a, a different process. I mean, it's a tradition that goes back hundreds of years, even back to the Native Americans. But I mean, that, that's what distinguishes our company. It's like, hey, we have fire cured tobaccos. There's not a lot of fire cured tobaccos left in premium cigars, but we're like, we will hold on to that tradition. I mean, Kentucky has been doing that for a super long period of time. You could look up agricultural books from the Department of Agriculture from the 60s and look at the map of where tobacco was grown, you know, Maryland and, and Kentucky, you know, the heavy areas where you wouldn't think there's a lot of tobacco grown out there. 
So, I mean, we're always on the, the forefront. We're looking always for new tobaccos because we're like the existing tobaccos have to go to the things that we already make. The right. new tobaccos will, will get us to a different taste profile, get us to a new consumer or, or make people expand to a different direction. You know, it's like we don't have a lot of shade cigars. So, you know, we're working on looking at that and seeing like, hey, can we find things that we, we enjoy to actually smoke and, and we want people to, to share in that? And it takes time, you know, it, it takes time right now. And, and um, it's like multiple tiers of how we're managing our future on yeah. um, tobacco, on project concepts, on marketing resources, on even the, 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 the people that we have on our team. I mean, our team is still growing. And we're still not even fully staffed yet. So I'm like, you know, think about when we're fully actually running at full steam. But we're doing pretty good for where we are, knowing that, you know, we're still looking for some key people. And, you know, like I said, the product plan is, is done. And then that that's your how, you know, that's your why of, 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 of what you're doing next year. And then you move on to all the hows. And that's what we're working on for the next six months or, or like three months. And then we're going to rip 2024 and run out the gate strong because guess what? We are coming back to PCA. And yeah. for me, that is a milestone for our company to be back there, rejoin everybody else in the entire industry. I'm like, I've always said, and I still believe it to this day, you know, PCA is the Super Bowl of cigars. I mean, everybody's there. So it's like, th that is the most exciting event in cigars. And that's why consumers that can't go, they all want to be a part of it. And I remember when I was part of cigar media, you know, I was just so grateful to, to be even around it and, and find cool people that want to talk about cigars and teach me a thing or two, you know, and now, uh, you know, I, I work in the biggest booth that has the craziest thing and we're probably gonna be blasting music <laughs> and, and saying hi to everybody we've been missing for the last couple of years. So I'm yeah. excited about that more than anything else. I hate to be Debbie Downer, but there's a question that's been sitting on my, my head. <laughs> How do you feel about the FDA coming after infused flavored cigars and acid is a, is money in your pocket? How do you guys feel about that? And are you worried about it? Do sure. you have a, a plan? Well, one of the things is is study after study shows that you know premium cigar usage, which you know infused cigars are a part of, they're not being smoked by by underage or minors. I, I mean, the last thing on anybody's mind is, is you know we're always like young adult smokers or adult smokers. Like if you're not an adult smoker, don't come anywhere near our, our cigars. And and you know it, yeah, and I would say definitely. Our infused portfolio are, are, is a huge part of our business, but but certainly, you know, they have to get down to defining what a premium cigar is at the end of the day. Because, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, I mean, right now it's been defined in legal cases. It hasn't been defined by the FDA itself. I mean, you look at some of the studies and they're like, well, some of this information is a bit confounding because there, there were some infused cigars in the study as well as none. So it, it's never been clearly defined. What is a premium cigar? But we know that, you know, in, in about two weeks, you know, the FDA can appeal the, the, the latest ruling that, that the deeming regs won't, won't be working. But we'll see if that happens, because if, if let's say they, they do not appeal that rule, the latest ruling, then definitely on traditional cigars, you know, all these regulations that we've seen for going from free sampling to, um, you know, the, the ingredient list of, of your cigars, you know, those things will, will have to be revisited. So it's a huge yeah. seismic shift in, in the legal landscape. Because when I think about the last seven years, I mean, like our company has had a, a much higher standard of compliance than a lot of other companies because, you know, it's a, there's a lot at stake. And we never want to put out cigars that are not compliant. So that's one of the top things that are on mind, where other cigar companies may not take that compliance with the same degree of diligence and, and care. Um, but, but, you know, it's a different scale of operation.
Yeah. So one of the things I'm always curious about from anybody who either owns a brand or works for a brand, um, uh, and this is kind of a two-part question. So the first part is, what is your number one go-to, and I know this fluctuates from time to time, but what's what's your number one go-to regular production Drew Estate cigar that you just, just keep reaching for? Yeah, right now, I mean, it, it's those uh, H9N Papa Freitas. You know, yeah. um, I, I remember when that cigar sample came to my office and we're smoking, I'm like, this, this thing's a banger, man, it, and it's a little guy. But that's the perfect cigar when, like, I, I don't think I want to have a long cigar or maybe I'm in a beating. And, you know, and, and you know, there it, it's easy to make. So, you know, it, it's it's actually, you know, think about H99 where we launched it five years ago. It's taken us this long to get enough of that scrap tobacco and leftover tobacco to, to actually have a lot of it. So that was why, you know, this year we're like, hey, let's release this cigar because now we have this tobacco and we should economize it and put it out there. And, it, and it's great budget cigar for people that, hey, you can't afford an H99 large, large cigar. You can smoke a Papa Frita all day or, hey, you only have, you know, a half hour to smoke, 45 minutes to smoke, or you need a car cigar. I mean, for me, it's a, it's a great car cigar, but in Florida, you know, I have a convertible so I can put the top down and smoke, you know, a, a short cigar. But for me, yeah, H99 Papa Fritas, it, it's new cigar, but that's something that I, I'm going back to. I mean, I had two of those today. Nice. Um, so the second part of the question is, what is your favorite ever that you've had limited edition Drew Estate cigar? And I'm not talking about like stuff that comes out once a year, like feral flying pigs, or I'm talking about the one and dones, the, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the city on a hill cigars that, that just like, uh, it's hard to even get anymore. What's the one that you've had in the past that you're like, that was one of the greatest cigars ever. Yeah, you know, as a, a as a collector of cigars, uh, you know, I've definitely had a bunch of stuff, and I used to collect, you know, the Drew Estate pre-release cigars that that somehow the test band would come out and it had a couple numbers on it. And I remember in 2018, we had our company meeting down in Nicaragua, and and they broke out a a, a blend, and we smoked it, and we were all like, "This is is amazing," and somehow we lost track of that blend. Like, like we couldn't even find a no, nobody took a picture of it, but we all remembered it was like a banger cigar. And we're like, holy, what was in it? Like we even trying to find the blend card of it, you know, cause, cause I like it at this, like I used to chase all these cigars. Right. And, you know, I'd smoke some guys limited edition cigar. And then now that I work at Drew Estate, I'm like, I am smoking one of like 25 cigars in the world of this. And we get to decide whether or not this is going to become a cigar or not become a cigar. And for me, those to me are, are, are my favorite limited editions because they don't even get released, right? And so we lost the sample. I think years later, we found the sample and we tried to remake the sample, but we no longer had the same tobacco. And I'm like, this sucks. And then <laughs> I was just talking about the same cigar with my creative director and, and, and the same moment. And we all remembered how good it was. And I was like, do you remember what the hell the number of that was? Because I, I thought we had found it. And then like, yeah, it's just like, it was there. It was awesome, and fuck, we'd never made a fight again, which is, like, really tragic because I think other people <laughs> like it, too, and we could, yeah. you know, definitely have a successful brand launch, but we're like, we don't have, we don't know what happens. It's it just, like, this UFO cigar, and we're like, damn. <laughs> well, you mentioned a minute ago, you know, Drew Estate's coming back to PCA in full force uh, in, in March of 2024. 
you know, that's a big undertaking. And, you know, um, Drew Estate has never has never fucked around at the trade show. It's a big booth. It's a lot of space, a lot of people, a lot of moving parts. So tell us how the planning's going, because we know that it's it's not just something where you show up. You know, there's a lot that goes into it. And and also, I'm just curious, you don't have to say it, but has Drew State got some kind of big party in the works for PCS? <laughs> yeah, um, you know, th this is the time of year that, that people don't see, but behind the scenes, I mean, it's budget time. So, you know, you, if you want to go spend a bunch of money doing something, um, you don't get a carte blanche to go do stuff. Um, you always have to have a plan. You have to have multiple departments bet out your plan. And like I said, shoot as many bullets into the plan and you welcome that. Um, we're masochists, right? We want to see our plans get blown up so that we could put together the best possible plan that we can. So where are we in the process? I mean, I think we've defined kind of what our cigars could potentially be. Um, you know, I, I think because we've been working so far ahead, which I, I'll credit our project manager, Henry, down in Nicaragua. I mean, he's just got the vision of like, we need to always be working ahead. We, we don't want to be at crunch time and go like, okay, we can be at the one yard line and fumble. We're not interested in that. We want to work far ahead of time because I mean, the, the, the more predictability you can have and the more chance to be successful is because of great planning. Um, so, I mean, I'd say the booth design is not done. There's some concepting and, and we got to show some design work. I think tomorrow, we actually have a meeting on that. Um, in terms of the whole overall experience, you know, it's like, Hey, does the booth have coffee? Does it have liquor? Does it have, you know, so we're still in the middle of making these decisions, but we always know that we want people to be in our booth. I mean, if you think about the last time Drew Estate was at PCA, IPCPR, um, I remember like our CFO was walking around and we gave away $10,000. We gave away master cases of cigars. And, and if you were at that show, you would see that the entire trade show stopped and everybody stopped at the Drew Estate booth to see like what was going on, what are we giving away? And I mean, that's the type of circus that we enjoy. We want to be creating moments that people remember. Um, and, and, and that's why we get into this business, because it's like the impact that you can make on other people and, and, and being positive. And guess what? We can all, you know, be successful together and, and enjoy great cigars and, and, you know, have a great time while we do it uh, with our friends. All right. So is it time? Is it time? Is it time? I think it is. Is it? I think it is. All right, guys. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos is brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Honesty and Green with a joke to tell you about Smoke In's Cigar of the Month Club. Every month, I personally handpick five premium cigars. Another great feature is our Double Down Club. With a simple check mark, you can get double this great selections every month and save $10. Every month, there's a special discount code where if you like any of the selections, you can get them at a special discounted rate for our Cigar of the Month Club members. We've made it super simple. All you got to do is log into your account. There's a little green button there. If it's green, you're active. You want to take a break going out of town? Simply hit the button and you'll deactivate your membership. We get the stuff out on the 28th of every month. Our membership bills on the 28th and we get every member's package out on the 28th if it's a shipping day. All delivered to your door for $34.95. Five great reasons on what makes Smoking Cigar of the Month Club the best club out there. Check it out. Peace.
All right. Numero de los Muertos, episode 215. What do you got for us, Matt? So this one, again, we're returning to the series of where the number is one. So, on if you're unfamiliar with Numero de los Muertos, uh, typically a number will be called out and it could be 25, it could be 25,000, could be 400. And we have you and our viewers and Raul and Justin guess along, you know, play 20 questions to guess how these people died, you know, <laughs> and for the last few weeks, we've done the number one where we just find something that is completely off the wall, like the most weird, random thing in the world. So this is another one where the number is one. Now, I don't have a year when it happens, um, but there's there's some good information here. So the number is one. Ooh, one. What continent? Uh, North America. Is it a workplace accident or at a workplace? Uh, you could call it a workplace, yes. Okay. It could be called a workplace. On land? On land, yes. Was a vehicle involved? Very good question. Uh, no vehicles were involved. Uh, David, it is not suffocated mo motorboating a BBW. Good guess, but no. <laughs> we have some sickos out there. I love you guys. Um, was it butt beads? It was not anal beads. That's Raul's guess every week. It's not anal beads. Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> um, Does it involve animals? Yes. Okay. Hmm. Animals are involved. And it's at a workplace. And animals are... Could, yeah. Was it a horse? Not a horse. Hmm. I was going to say... How many questions do we get? As many as as many as you need, and and if if we get stuck, I'll give more hints. I was going to say a donkey show, but the horse is out. <laughs> so David, David says, "Is it at a farm?" Uh, it could be classified as a farm. Yes. Are bees? bees? No bees. No bees. Hmm. Was it a reptile? Nope, not a reptile. Is it a mammal? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. A bird? Yes. Oh, okay. Chicken. Chicken. Chickens, yes. Chickens, we're getting there. We're getting, I feel it. What? Little Bobby got his eyes pecked out by a chicken. Yes. <laughs> so get this. <laughs> get this. Finally. Uh, in another disturbing story of people done wrong by their own animals, a farmer by the name of Franz Jalmote was found dead on his farm. Police were anxious to discover the reason behind his apparent mutilation and death. During their investigation, they found that there was no chicken feed anywhere on the farm. His 200 chickens apparently didn't take this very well. Since the will to live is great in all living beings, they did what they had to do to survive. They descended upon Jamet and pecked out his eyes and heart, <laughs> all in the name of survival. It was him or them, and he was vastly outnumbered. <laughs> wow. wow. The story is don't, uh, no, don't, don't forget to feed your chickens. Yeah. 
Should have worn the safety goggles, man. <laughs> Are we not sure he was a chicken fucker first? Well, I mean, I I can't say that. And if that's the case, would it be considered workplace harassment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all HR right now. Oh, oh man. man. Honestly, the the we've had some really weird numero de los muertos over the years but the ones where these last few getting into where the number is just one because it's so off the wall fucking crazy these are they're they're getting more and more twisted as the weeks go on which you know i dig it it only be ones yeah yeah why would you want like seven it's like well okay a mass shooting or okay that's boring (laughs) yeah yeah not to you know like that's serious stuff but Man, so yeah, Karen, I think feed your chickens. I think twenty chickens would be, you could be able to fight them off. You could, you, a yeah, twenty chickens. I think you could. I mean, you'd have a fighting chance. Yeah, yeah, two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> you're done. Forget about it. Man, yeah, forget about it. <laughs> All right, so that was this week's numero de los muertos. That was, yeah, right right on the money, right on the money. I got you. you. All right, let's jump into the lightning round. And the lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company, America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Rolo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right. So, on since this is your first time on the show, um, we can kind of go back to the old school because uh, we, we've got a very long list of lightning round questions. Uh, but because you've never had any of the older questions, this is cool. Um, so, let's start with... If you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? One living person for 10 minutes. It might be Elon Musk, man. I'll be boring because I, I just think it's like that guy is definitely on some other wavelength. And yeah. it, it, and I'd like to just hear what he's thinking about. Um, it might be the future or it just might be crazy talk. I don't know. <laughs> No, I'm with you. That's well, we've heard you. that answer a few times. I, I, I would, I would love to. I don't think I'd be able to understand much of it, you know, because he's so smart. But I think uh, it would be super interesting. All right. So, on if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? What would my soundtrack music be? You know that um, music in Kill Bill when, uh, you know, they, they, they find, um, the, you know, um, Uma Thurman finds like her, her nemesis. That'd be it. Like, oh, yeah. That alarm sounding thing. Yes. <laughs> I love like those 1970s, movies. Like, yeah. you know, like I love that. Yeah. Like the what was the it was like the the old the old Kung Fu movies, you know, like like the old uh, Sonny Chiba movies. Yep. And yeah, love that stuff. Um, all right, so choose one of the following. You could hit a home run as a starting pitcher. You could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman. 
you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie or a goal in a soccer game as the goalie? Probably a goal in the soccer game as a goalie because I, I think that just recently happened and it never happens. I mean, that's mm-hmm. like pure desperado. Like It, it should have never happened. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's one of the rarest things in sports. It's so cool when it happens. Scoring. Even if the rest of your career sucks. It's like, well, yeah. you did that once and that, that's yeah. what everyone will remember. It's that's like, right. That's enough, man. Scoring in soccer by itself is a... Scoring, okay. yeah. I mean, you know, your tip... You know, games are, you know, one, one nil, you know, two to one. That's like, you know, if somebody scores three goals, especially at the highest level, you know, where the, where the goalies and the, and the defense is just absolutely ridiculous. Um, you know, if, if a team scores three goals, it's, it's like a high scoring game. I mean, let me tell you, man, Messi coming to Inter Miami has been some other like revelation because it's like, okay, all these people that never (laughs) cared about soccer now want to go to the game. So the tickets went from $5 to like $200 overnight. And I think yesterday he just like didn't even play. So a bunch of people paid a lot of money and didn't get their, you know, they didn't see him. But it, it, it just shows you like, you know, soccer has gone a long way in a generation since the world first world cup came here in, you know, 92, I think it was. And I, yeah. at the time I didn't even want soccer. And now, you know, we're getting some knowledgeable soccer people around and that's great. I mean, MLS is still seeking credibility, but you know, maybe Messi gets some more people come by and 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 find ways to make money. You know, and I think, yeah. but it's 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 so messed up because you think about okay, this guy's probably making sixty million dollars a year, and the goalkeeper he's playing against might be making sixty thousand. <laughs> it's like, yeah. wait a second, man, that is like that is ridiculous. Yeah. All right, one of you guys want to hit him with the zombie question? I got you. All right, do it. All right, on zombie apocalypse is coming. You have three cigar industry people to pick on your zombie horde fighting team. Who do you pick and why? <laughs> oh, boy. Cigar industry people. Oh, my goodness. Um, you know what? I would probably pick Jack Hire. Um, that's a oh. guy I've, I've worked with him. But you know what? He could be the zombie bait. Where like, <laughs> they go and just like attack him, and I'm like, all right, I'm out, peace, man. <laughs> and it's like, it's all good. Um, who else would be there? Um, you might be the there, sacrificial man? lamb. Well, yeah, Jack's- that would be the sacrificial lamb, and the yeah. first one killed. Okay. Um, shoot, man, I I don't know. Like somebody has guns. Somebody that has guns. Well, I have a lot of coworkers. Almost everybody at Drew Estate has guns. I mean, I might be one of the few people that don't have a gun. Um, yeah, no doubt about it. I'd be with JD. Um, he'd probably figure a way to get out of that real quick. Um, yeah. He's pretty clever, man. Um, so that would definitely be a, a dude that'd be there. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. The third person? Yeah, I don't know. I Shoot, man. You got me stumped. <laughs> no, that's uh, well. Let's throw in. Uh, let's throw in Willie Herrera because the dude's big. You know he can he throw down. Big dude. You he know his kids do, doing football, so I mean he's been spending. You know it, he's had a really tough like a uh, couple of months because it's just like you know he, he's got a kid doing football, he's got a lot of projects to do. But you know this whole past year he's been a great dad. You know it, his pre- main priority this year was like, hey, it's my son's last year in high school. I want to go to his games. 
and now his son's playing football in college and he wants to be at those games too so i mean he's a dedicated dad and you know when he said that he wanted to spend more time at home um with his family i mean who could argue with that and that yeah. you know and i'm like but that's the company we work for you, you care about each other and you're like all right it's not in the world we can make still make things happen yeah all right so before we get into notable smokables Ooh. before is it, is we, it time it is time to reveal the super secret hashtag comment for you guys who are watching for you faithful who are watching live on facebook and youtube this is going to get you an additional 25 entries into this contest so first thing Multiplier. i'm going to do first thing i'm going to do and here, here's again if people didn't remember what yeah what yeah i mean if you don't remember this this prize package you know beautiful lighter cigar rest guitar ashtray bottle carrier i mean come on people this is beautiful stuff we're talking about here so in the comments on facebook and youtube now you are going to see the link if you have not entered yet go to this link scroll to the bottom of the page and you will find how to enter now already as it stands we have i think 11 ways to enter and you can enter once a day and here's the coolest part is if you put in this special hashtag right now, um, that's going to get you an additional 25 entries into the contest. Now, comment one time, that gets you 25 more entries. That's it. So don't if you comment the same hashtag twice, it's not going to give you 50. So, you know, let's be fair to everybody. Give everybody a chance. And you know what? Because this is way better than the hashtag I had. I, I love... What Dax just put in the comments. <laughs> so the, I I am I am not joking. That is that is the hashtag. So hashtag. Nice job, Dax. Chicken death. If you comment right now, as we're live before the show goes off the air, and we'll be on for a little bit longer, hashtag chicken death. That's going to get you an additional twenty five entries to win this fantastic Drew Estate blackened M eighty one prize package. So when, for our viewers, will we announce the winner? So the we will. So we always notify winners on an individual basis. So when somebody, so the the website, there's an engine on the website that handles the raffles, and it chooses the winner uh, at random, and and I put the numbers in from the hashtags separately. So um, once the winner is chosen, I will email the the winner directly and we will announce the winner by name on next monday night show um but i will say good luck put the put your hashtag chicken death in the comments right now uh and if you have not if if you put chicken death in the comments but you haven't gone to the link to actually enter the contest it doesn't count you got to do both and uh let me just double check on this because i want to make sure everybody knows when uh, this contest ends. I should have had this written down beforehand, but hey, you know, it's it's live TV, people. What are you going to do? It's uh, I want to make sure everybody knows well, when the contest that is out, ending. I got a question for you. I got a lot of questions. That's kind of what I'm here for. Um, what do you smoke outside of Drew Estate that you enjoy? Yeah, I mean, I smoke a ton of Espinosa. You know, I hang out with Hector here and there at uh, Caribbean Cigars in, in Miami. I smoke a lot of Warp Cigars. I mean, I've been smoking those cigars for a long time. And it's Hatsuahe. You know, that's been, those are like my go-to sticks. I mean, like, 
just good cigars where, you know, I, I don't know. I just like things that are different. Um, and, you know, I don't need a $30 cigar. So you're not going to see. Well, I, I have been smoking $30 cigars just to do my research because that, that is a lot of what I did. I think in the last year I, I smoked more Connecticut cigars than I've ever smoked in my life. Um, just trying to be like, well, what's the difference between all this stuff? Is there is there a distinguishable taste difference? And and you know, it's like, yeah, I, I smoke a lot of different things. And you know, it, it's funny because today, you know, I went to the office and I had a giant Ziploc bag of like 30, 40 cigars. Maybe two or three of them were our cigars, and everything it was everybody else's. Because I'm always like trying something, and it's just like, well, you know, I, I'm trying to find out if. If people have a different tasting cigar, you know, like it does it actually taste different to me? Because I'm like, it, you know, there's a range that everybody's cigars are in, you know, that Habano medium full range. And I'm like, it, a lot of people have it, but like, can you get something that just like doesn't taste like? Like, I actually tasted a whistle pig today that they distilled and finished in lychee barrels. Oh, wow. And it tasted like citrusy orange. And all of us were like, yo, what the fuck? Like that, this doesn't taste like anything else we've ever had from there. That sounds and awesome. And that's what I'm looking for. Or yeah. and that's what I'm looking for when we try out new tobaccos. I'm like, can we get something that tastes like not this, that, and that guy's <laughs> stuff? Like something that just like will be like, what the fuck is that? And I'm like, yeah. that's what's interesting to me. It's like um, unicorn. We're always looking for that. Yeah. Um, all right. So the contest is going to be live and we're going to give people extra time because again, we want as many people as possible to have a chance and we're going to keep reposting this, but this contest is going to be live until Friday, the 29th at noon central time. So, and, and again, you can go back to that page and re-enter, you know, get entries every single day, but that extra 25 entries is only going to come if you put hashtag chicken death in the comments while we're live right now on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, so best of luck to everybody on that and keep those comments coming. Um, now let's jump into notable smokables brought to us by our friends at Luciano cigars, notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. So on every week on the show, each of us names a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. Now, this could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we haven't smoked in a very long time and just revisited. Or it could be a, market, a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever. Now, obviously, you're smoking mostly Drew Estate stuff, but like Raul already asked, and, and we know you smoke outside of the Drew Estate portfolio. So what's something you smoked recently that really stood out to you? You know, I, I like the uh, Don Ronaldo uh, 70th. I wasn't expecting, oh, yeah. I actually, you know, a lot of times I'll just pick a cigar. I don't know what it costs. I'm just buying it. And then I actually looked it up because it, it, it piqued my interest. So I was like, okay, how much does this cigar cost? And like, what is it? And it, because I, I, when I was smoking, I was like, this tastes different. And I enjoy this a lot. So let me read about it. You know, there's so many cigars where I'm smoking. I'm like, I'm going to like this or care much about it, but I'll look it up. Like, okay, how much does this cost? What are they putting in it? And I'm like, all right, well, okay, that was cool. But then, yeah, that cigar and, and, you know, that was a very pricey cigar, but I was like, it was distinctly different to me. And that's usually what I'm looking for. So I was like, that, that to me was a pleasant surprise. Cause I'm just like, I never know what's going to be like a, a cool cigar, you know? Yeah. 
Uh, Justin, what was it notable for you recently? Well, Raul, you know, came out to check out the house and hang out, have a cigar and some pizza. He's lonely. So I, I had him come over, you know. Wifey was a, out of town. She went to his him. wifey was out of town. I had to, you know, entertain him for a little bit because he has to drunk <laughs> people all the time. But um, no, he gave me a viaje. I, I think it was the lemon and he had the tangerine, but I'm sure he's going to get to that next because mm-hmm. I'm sure that's his notable. But that was a great cigar to sit back and relax, have pizza outside enjoy the nature in my backyard with all the birds and deer and everything everywhere so nice it's good good time so yeah mine was the opposite of what he smoked i bring a tangerine and a lemon from viaje i can't remember who smoked which one but it was phenomenal very cool i didn't i honestly i wasn't familiar with the fruit series from from viaje there's no bands on them so we we took a guess oh right on yeah I'll bring you one of them one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's, hey. Uh, so my notable this week was um, from Cigars and Baseball. And it was from earlier in the day when, you know, we had that luncheon with um, with everybody, all the vendors. Mm. And uh, we're sitting with uh, Tony Hogan from Crux Cigars. Yep. Uh, the Gunner Ooh, uh, from Crux, try, which yeah, was... Yeah. It, yeah. You know, it was a limited thing they did a yeah. few years ago, and um, and man, that cigar I smoked it. Um, I don't remember how recently, but but that cigar was really good. Really enjoyed that cigar. On that one for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're gonna like it, Justin. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so that yeah, was this well, week's right. notable smokables, brought to you by Luciano Cigars, improving lives through fine cigars. Visit LucianoCigars.com to learn more. All right, let's uh, bring you guys some coming attractions that we have in the next few weeks on How About That Cigar Live. And those are brought to us by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it is New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from A.J. Fernandez. All right, so next week on October 2nd, I cannot believe next week's October already, uh, we have Mike Giordano from Quality Importers. We're going to talk about all the cool stuff from Zycar and Palio and the Humidors and all that cool stuff. Uh, And then on October 8th, of course, it's the month of monsters. Mr. Pete Johnson from Tatuaje, uh, back on the show. One of our favorite people to have on the show. Um, so really that's what we have coming up. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. Pete's always a great guest. So, uh, and we have uh, honestly, we're scheduled out pretty much through the end of the year. So there's more coming attractions, but we'll let you guys know about that uh, in the coming weeks. Uh, on first of all, thank you so much for being on the show with us, brother. Uh, if you would please. Let our viewers and listeners know where is the best place for them to keep up with everything uh, that Drew Estate has going on. Yeah, I mean, certainly, you know, if you're looking to do stuff with Drew Estate, check out DrewEstate.com slash events. I mean, that's where you're going to find our events. That's where you're going to find some Liga Provada clocks and a lot of our swag and our special cigars. So you want to find, you know, uh, Liga Provada Phineas Gage, which is H99 in a Lancero format. Go to that website. Um, again, www.drewestate.com slash events. And you're going to find our people and you're going to find our tribe. And if you've never been to a cigar event, you're going to see something you've never seen before. So stop by there um, and, and you'll have a great time. 
Nice. Well, thank you so much, for brother, for being on the show. We had a great time with you tonight. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. You know, I, like I said, it, it, it's always a, about being a part of the cigar community, you know, and we want to serve that community. We want to teach people and, and tell our story through through you guys, you know, so it, it makes a big difference for us to be able to participate and, and connect with your audience and your guys, you know, and everyone's putting up chicken death. So I think some people want some swag, you know, so you know, <laughs> kudos to you guys. That's right. Uh, well, we we appreciate it, man. And to our viewers, for our loyal viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for being the best part of How About That Cigar Live. We are so grateful to you for watching live on Facebook and YouTube. Uh, don't forget, you can continue to enter that giveaway once a day until noon on Friday, the 29th, I believe it is. Uh, let me double check. Yeah, Friday, the 29th, noon central time, you'll be able to still enter that. And you still have probably... 15 more seconds that you, if you haven't yet, you can put hashtag chicken death in the comments on Facebook and Hold YouTube. Hold on. It's going to be a little longer than 15 seconds. Oh, a little more. Okay. What's up? We talked about something pre-show. What did we talk about? About you and I having a friendly wager. Oh, boy. Not, not really We're going to talk wager. about this publicly? Yes, we are. <laughs> because I like the accountability. Accountability. Yeah. Accountability of yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. So, Matt, Ty, and I are going to have a little it's not really a contest no it's an accountability exercise yes and by january one we're both going to pick amount of poundage to lose yeah by january one yeah it's uh and if we both of us have to hit the goal if we both hit the goal we're going to take our wives out and justin and his fiance out yeah to dinner. I mean, bikini yeah. season's coming. I gotta, I gotta get ready for bikini yes. season. You guys and, don't want me in the contest, you know, because you know the natural bodybuilding. You don't eat, so zip it. Well, the natural. <laughs> I, 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 I hey. would kill it. Yeah, you've got experience. I, I've got, I've, I did natural bodybuilding shows just a couple of years ago. Don't yeah. let me go back there now. Yeah, we're not gonna, no, that. We're not talking to you. Yeah, we can't, <laughs> I can't compete with that. And then if if we don't hit our our weight goals. We're going to go to White Castle and get a crave case each <laughs> and blow our asses off. <laughs> oh, man. So uh, I'll, I'll be there just to watch. Ladies yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. Right. Yeah, well, more more info coming soon about that. But, yeah, we're, we're going to see if we can, uh, you know, get a little more trim for the holiday season. He can hide his chin. I can't. <laughs> That's why the right beard. Here. You keep the beard to hide the extra chins. That's why I do that. That's why I haven't shaved the beard in two years. Well, Tony says I could lose about 15 pounds if I shave my beard. Well, you, yeah, he's got, a, he's got a point. He's got a point. Uh, guys, thank you so much for watching live on Facebook and YouTube. And for our audio listeners, guys, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of when you drive down the road, work out, whatever it is you do when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. We're very grateful that you made us a part of it. Look for all of us or look for all our social medias. And smash subscribe, that like button, smash that like button. Make sure you subscribe smash. and and uh, hit that little ring bell to turn on the notifications when we go live and all that good stuff. Absolutely, thanks uh, guys. We love you. And uh, if you guys have any questions, you can email us on the website howaboutthatcigar.com. Follow us on all your favorite social media platforms at HBT Cigar. And of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. 
Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium cigars.